You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. talked about how to love our enemies. So we're just going to continue that this week and talk about how to love our spouse. Um, That was a joke. So we've been in a series called EXO Learning to Love, and we were able to look at what what it looks like and what it means to live in love and community and how we can build each other up as friends, how we can build each other up as brothers and sisters in Christ. And then last week, as I just mentioned, we looked at how to love our enemy. Those people that don't want the best for us, those people that are mean to us, those people that don't have our best interests at heart, the people that we would not really want to love, people that we really wouldn't want to see good things happen to. Jesus tells us to love those people. And it's a choice that we have to make. And we saw on week one of this series as well in community, it's a choice that we have to make. And today, as we look at what real love is and what the Bible says about love, we're going to see, again, that it's something that we have to choose to do. And that's what real love is all about. It's about choosing to love. It's about choosing to act. And we're going to see that this morning as we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and just kind of break down what Paul says love is through inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And if we truly want to love our spouse better, then we have to first understand what real love is. If we want to love our children better, then we first have to understand what real love is. If we want to love in any relationship that we have better, then we have to first understand what real love is. And this morning, there's no better day to talk about love than on Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is just uh, a special day. I got my wife a Valentine's gift. It's a box of chocolate. She didn't get me anything for the first time. And I'm not mad about that. So I'm not trying to call her out. I'm excited and proud that for the first time I gave a gift and she didn't. It's usually flip-flopped. So I can just see God working in our relationship. And now he's just, he's helping me to take those next steps. If we look at our culture and and we see what our culture says love is, then we see a, a very, very deep contrast with what scripture tells us about love. If we're looking at books or TV shows or movies or social media, we, we see love, quote unquote, all around. They try to tell us what love is, how love should go, and if love doesn't work, that we can find it somewhere else. And I'm not saying that those shows or movies or books are are bad. They're entertaining, and I'm going to be very vulnerable with you for a minute. And something that you may not know about me, but one of my favorite movies of all time is The Notebook. I love The Notebook, and you can judge me if you want. It's a great movie. There's just something about someone fighting for love and 
finally getting it and seeing it through the end. And there's just something cool about that to me. I love that movie. And there's a lot of movies and shows and books that are very entertaining like that. And that talk about love. But it's a twisted, perverted view of love that we see in our culture. And I'm afraid that if we as the church, if we don't truly understand what the Bible says about love, then we're not going to be able to show God's love for one to the world, but we're also not going to be able to pass that knowledge or understanding on to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. So as they come up and they're learning love from, from culture, from Hollywood, from all these other people, not from scripture, then where does that leave us as a culture? So it's up to us as Christ followers to truly grasp the concepts of love and then to show that and to teach that and to help others understand exactly what it is. So as I was studying, I read this story, and I want to read it to you. It's not long, but this was a husband and a wife. They were, they were arguing, and at one point, just out of sheer frustration, the husband looks at the wife and says, I don't know why God made you so beautiful and so stupid at the same time. And after that painful, this wasn't me, by the way, I was reading the story. After that painful silence, the wife responded. And this is what she said. She said, I'll tell you why. God made me beautiful so you would love me. And God made me stupid so I would love you. And, and a lot of times, man, this, this is how relationships work. Relationships are hard. A lot of times, Ashley and I are just kind of muddling through this whole marriage thing. And, and we, we try to get it right. Sometimes we don't. And that's just how relationships go. But I want us to see this morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 13 exactly what the Bible says about love. And we're going to start in verse 1. And it says this, if I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noise, noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. God, I pray that you speak through your spirit this morning, that you help us to truly grasp the concept of your love and the way that we're supposed to show that to the world. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So what I want to do is I want to break this, this passage up into three parts, and we're going to look at what it means to, to truly love. So number one is this, we see the priority of love. And we see this in verses one through three. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, 
And if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. There is something special. There is a priority put on love. That we can do all kinds of great things in our life. That we can have all the faith in the world. We can have all the knowledge in the world. We can have all the power in the world. But if we don't have love, we have nothing. That shows us that there is a priority put on love. That love has to be at the top. It has to be. The priority of love, and we see that, the, the first part of this priority of love is it's the greatest summation of Scripture. In Matthew 22, we see, And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. The law is summarized with two commandments. To love God and to love others. That's it. That's the, the top priority is to love. And I wonder how many of us truly value love to that level. Now, let's talk about it for a second. Let's think about the things that we do. Let's think about the things we do as a church, first of all. Let's think about the outreach that we do. We, we're able to do a lot, of, a lot of different outreach things, and we talk about this a lot, but we give food to, to students here at this school that need. We just gave a ton of school supplies to the teachers uh, this past Friday, and we get to do a lot of stuff in the community. But here's my question. Do we truly put love as the top priority of those activities? Because we can do all that outreach. We can give and give and give. We can serve and serve and serve. But if we do it without love, we're gaining nothing. And it's for nothing. And I know that's a hard pill to swallow because if we, if we try to analyze this ourselves, we say, hey, well, even if we don't really have love and we do it, God can still work through that. And that's just how we analyze things. And I'm not saying that God can't work through that. What I'm saying is that if we don't have love, it's not having the impact that it's supposed to have. If we don't truly have love in our actions and our activities and our thoughts and what we're saying and what we're doing and what we're believing, then we see clearly in Scripture that we have nothing. It's all about love. That's the top priority. It's the greatest summation, but it's also the greatest witness. In John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Do we want people to know that we're following Jesus? And I tell you what, in my life, and I go to work every day, and my, my main goal at work, is for people to know the same Jesus that I know. But if I don't love the way that I'm supposed to love, how are they going to know that through me? We can pray and we can just ask that 
God just works in their life, and we do that a lot. And I'm not saying don't do that. I think we should do that. But people will know that we are his followers if we love them. That's how important love is. It doesn't say that by you just serving someone that they're going to know that you belong to me. It says by you loving people, they're going to know that you belong to me. And I want to I tell you something. You might not know this, but you can serve someone without loving. And I think that we fall into that trap a lot of times that we, we know that we're supposed to serve, so we're just going to do it. There's a difference between serving and loving. Love leads to service, but service doesn't always lead to love. That's the priority of love, that we can have all this other stuff. We can do all this other stuff, but if we don't have love, we're missing it. We're missing the point. Number two is this, the picture of love. We see in verses four through six, it says we can't do, oh, sorry, wrong verse. It says love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. I want you to know something about the Greek of these verses is that these are action words, that these are verbs being used, that this is something that you have to do. So the first picture of love is it is an action. And what I like to do in premarital counseling and we go through these verses is I tell people to put their own name in the in the passage so i'm just going to insert my name instead of love is patient i'm just going to say dustin here dustin is patient and kind dustin does not envy or boast he is not arrogant or rude he does not insist on its on his own way and then and we can keep going but usually about halfway through we've already failed at this and every single time that we do this in premarital counseling, each person, when they insert their name, there's, there's sections of this that they just don't do well, that they can't do, that they fail at. And I say, hey, you know what? Me too. Me too. I'm not always patient and kind. I'm sometimes rude. I probably fail at every single one of them. But let me tell you who doesn't. Jesus. And if you insert his name, you can say Jesus is patient and kind. Jesus is patient and kind. He does not envy or boast. He is not arrogant or rude. He does not insist on his own way. He's not irritable or resentful. He does not rejoice a wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. And here's the deal. We can't do this whole love thing on our own. And this is the picture of love. The picture of love is that, first of all, it's an action. It's something that we must do. It's not a feeling. I saw a meme on Facebook, and I don't get on Facebook much except to do church stuff, but I saw this meme. It, Valentine's Day memes are everywhere. And this said, and it kind of fit for me today, so I'm going to use it. It said, do not believe someone that tells you they love you. Believe someone that shows you they love you. 
And there's a, there's a big difference. And I think a lot of times we want to feel some kind of way to love someone, and we can tell people we love them. But do we act it out every single day? Because love is an action. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. Love is something that we do. It's something that we're going to fail at because we can't do it the way that God's called us to do it. But here's the cool thing. We just saw that Jesus can. We know that God is love himself, that he himself embodies love. So what does that tell us? That tells us that if we abide in Jesus, that if we walk with Jesus, then we can love the way that he calls us to love. And we see that it's an action, but also we must abide. John 15, 9 says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. So we understand that God loves us. We understand that God puts a priority on love. We understand that love is an action. And then we understand that we can't do it without him. And we abide in his love. We attach ourselves to, to his love and his mercy and his grace and his power because we're going to fail on our own. And that's the truth. And on this Valentine's Sunday, man, if you haven't fought with your spouse yet, it's probably going to happen at some point. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. I've told you this before, Sunday mornings are our worst Sundays. But guess what? Today we did not fight. And I think it's because it's Valentine's and I got her some chocolate. But this whole relationship thing is hard because so often we try to do it in our own power. We try to love the best that we can love and the best that we can love is not enough. It's when we begin to abide in God's love that we can truly show his love to other people. And that's the picture of love. The picture of love is, yeah, it's patient, it's kind, it doesn't envy, it's not boastful, it doesn't keep record of wrongs. And that's the picture, but we can't do it. But if we abide in God and his love, then that can overflow out of our life into all of our relationships. And that's what we're called to do as Jesus followers. We're called to, to love people. We saw that. That's the, that's the priority is to love. But we can't do it on our own. And if you're, if you're attempting to do so, I'm going to challenge you to stop. Because, one, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to get it right, and you're just never going to get there. But, two, it was never intended for you to be able to do it on your own. Because God shows up in our weakness. When we can't do something, he shows up and shows how it's done. Then he gets glory. He gets honor. And he gets praise. And that's the coolest part. But are we allowing him to do that in our life? Are we allowing his love to overflow out of us? This is in every relationship, every aspect of our life. Because that is the top priority. 
And we must allow him to work through us in that love. Then we see the third thing here, these last two verses, the permanence of love. Someone once said that love at first sight is easy to understand. It's when two people have been looking at each other for years that it becomes a miracle. Because here's the thing. The more that we get to know each other as people, whether that's in a a marriage relationship or a friend relationship or whatever type of relationship, the more we see faults in people, the more we see where people fail, the more we see where we don't measure up. And yeah, man, when we first see someone and the first time I saw Ashley, it's like, man, I'm going to marry this girl one day. And I did. She probably didn't feel the same way about me. But here's 11 and a half years later. And is the feeling, right? I'm going to be honest with you. The feeling isn't exactly the same as it was when we first met each other. Because feelings change. That doesn't mean that there's no love. It means that, man, I didn't know her back then and she didn't know me. Now I know her and unfortunately now she knows me. And now, even more than before, it's something that we have to choose every single day, but it's something that we want to choose every single day. It's not just a, man, things are getting tough. It's time to go. That's the culture that we've created in America. That man is tough. Now it's time to go. There's no more permanence because, oh man, there's love somewhere else. I can go somewhere else and find love. I can go somewhere else and get this feeling that I really want. I can go somewhere else and not have to deal with this frustration. It's easier to walk away than it is to fight. And that's our culture. But God says love's different, and he proves it. God's love isn't fleeting. God's love isn't fleeting. We see in 1 Corinthians 13 that God is always, always around. That God isn't going anywhere. That God's love isn't going to change. That God's love isn't going to go away. We see that God's love is permanent. It's not just fleeting. And think about this for a minute. And let this sink in. Because I think this is where our life could really change. Is when we realize that, as we talked about last week, that God sent his son to die for us while we were still enemies of him, while we were still sinners. He loved us as enemies. He loved us when we didn't deserve it. And if we put our faith in him, he saved us for eternity. But let this part sink in, that his love is inseparable. That nothing can separate you from that. He loves you enough to hold on to you. Even when he knows you're going to mess up, 
even when he knows you're going to fall short, even when he knows that you're not going to have faith sometimes, when you're not going to trust him sometimes, when you're going to try to live life on your own completely away from him, he still says, I love you. And I don't know about you, but that's the kind of love that I want. That's the kind of love that I need in my life. Because I know that I'm going to mess up. And I want the love that says, hey, I know you're going to mess up, but I love you anyway. Now, this isn't license to keep messing up, right? So let's get that clear. It's not license to keep sinning. Paul's really clear about that in Scripture. But it's freedom to live life without the pressure of being perfect. And Paul, man, he, he's such a, such a great author that he doesn't sugarcoat things. And he says, hey, this is what love is. First of all, it's the top priority that all of Scripture can be summed up by loving God and loving people. That is the greatest witness you'll ever have as a, as a Christ follower. To truly love. Because if you love people, then others, the world, will know that you are my disciples. But he doesn't just tell us that it's the priority. He tells us what it looks like. He said, here's the picture of love. Love is uh, action. It's something that we do. It's not just a feeling that we have. It's not some romantic, lovey-dovey type feeling. It's a choice and it's an action to be done. And then we realize that we can't do it. And that only he can. And that if we abide in him and we abide in his love, then that can overflow out of our life. If we truly attach ourselves to Jesus and allow him to work, and I believe our relationships will be forever changed. I believe that the way we love will be forever changed. Because now we're loving God's way and not our way. And there's a big difference in loving someone God's way and loving someone your way. And it will be noticeable to the world. And then we see the permanence of God's love. And as we close this morning, Romans 8, 38 and 39 says this, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Listen to me. There's nothing, there is nothing that will ever make God not love you. Nothing. And this morning, there's some of us that need to experience his love for the very first time. There's some of us that really need to, to let that into our life and say, hey, Maybe I know that God loves me, but I've never really understood what it meant. I've never really allowed that to penetrate and to change me from the inside out. I'm telling you, 
one thing this morning, and if you hear nothing else, please hear this, that the love of God once let in will change your life. That God's love is beyond anything we will ever experience. And if we can truly let it in, and we can truly experience his love, man, it's going to change us. It has to. Because it's greater love than we've ever known. And it's a greater love than we'll ever know. God is love. And when we begin that relationship with him, and I was talking to a, a pastor this week, and, and I told him that in ministry, I, I started ministry really, really early on in my life, just the church that we grew up at. I just I started helping with the youth when I was still a youth and just kind of kept going. I mean, I was in ministry for about 10 or 11 years. And I was a, and I was a Christ follower. I was a Christian. I had put my faith in Jesus. But I had not truly allowed the love of God to consume me and change my life. And I was talking to a, another pastor this week who was just, he's been struggling, even, even as a pastor in ministry, just finding the passion, really understanding what his purpose is and if it's really even meant for him anymore. And I know that we have those questions. Man, is it even worth it? Is it even worth following Jesus? Is it even worth loving people? And I told him the same thing that I just told you. That I believe that, man, we can put our faith in Jesus and we can truly be genuine and sincere about that salvation. But I believe that there's a time in every Christian's life where they truly allow God to completely change them with his love. And that's my prayer for you this morning. First of all, that you've experienced his love. That you've started a relationship with him. That you're following after him. And if you are, then my second prayer is this morning, that you allow God's love to truly transform your life. Because I do believe that there's a moment in every Christian's life where something clicks. And I believe that that click is allowing God's love to truly get in and to change you and to change me from the inside out. To put into perspective what life really is. To put into perspective that life isn't what we try to make it a lot of times. But life is truly about loving him and loving others. And I know it sounds so simple. You're like, man, if it was that simple, we would all be doing it. I understand that it's tough and I understand that some of these, some of these things, the loving people part is really hard. And I get it. But to me, the loving God part is what really transforms us. 
Is that a top priority in your life? Not to say you love them. Not to have some feeling on Sunday mornings or some feeling on Monday or Tuesday or whatever day that you're doing a a devotion or a prayer. It's not a feeling. Do you show it? Do your actions prove that you love God above all else? Be honest this morning. Because if we truly want to love other people, it starts with Him. So where are you this morning? Are you truly loving God the way that He says love is? Real love. Godly love. I want to pray for us this morning. If you just bow your head and close your eyes, nobody looking around. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.